Hi. Hello. It is us. We are back. And it is not raining. It's sunny and delightful. What's your local weather? What is mine? I think I'm, I'm doing the David Lynch thing now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's beautiful out here. Oh, sorry. I can't do it. No, it's hard to do. This is funny. Yes. So it, it, diving into things, I mean, we have an umbrella of terminology today that is, you know, loosely, uh, you'd say bodily? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Body, body, terms. body terms, bodily terms. Yeah, not bodily that leads you to think it's... No. But, um, yeah. Just like body words. Stuff. Yeah, I'm not doing well with this one, but it, it's fine. It could be knee, it could be... Once yeah. we say the first one, you'll, your, your fears will be allayed. And it is... Elbow grease. Elbow grease. See, that's not... That's body thing. Yeah, it's a body thing. See? Uh, elbow grease, which we use. Yeah. Yeah. That's still pretty popular. I think so. It's widely recognized. But we use it uh, to mean physical labor. Yeah. Right? Would you agree? Yes, this is another one. Uh, same as uh, 86th. You remember I got fired from that restaurant. Yeah, you got 86th. I got 86th. And I also first heard elbow grease working at a restaurant and... Um, didn't understand put some elbow grease into it i'm like the what it's confusing you think well well, i gotta squeeze grease out of my elbow what happens right i don't want to squeeze grease out of my elbow well i'm here to help all right hopefully uh this phrase was first used in 1672 by uh english metaphysical poet andrew marvel or marvell two l's we'll go Mm. marvell you never know um and by 1699, so, you know, 27 years later, the first English dictionary of slang defines elbow grease as a derisive word for sweat. Oh. Yeah. The uh, 72 usage is uh, in the poet, he says, two or three brawny fellows in a corner with mere ink and elbow grease do more harm than a hundred systematic divines with their sweaty preaching. And he's saying that two or three smart gentlemen uh, with ink and elbow grease, meaning writing, he's referring to elbow grease as meaning writing, um, can get a message across uh, easier, unhindered, whereas uh, any speaker could be disrupted by kind of any, any sort of physical contact or anything like that, it sounds like. Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could write. You could use elbow grease and ink to right. get your message across more so, unhindered in a way where public speaking you may be not as free. And by this time period, they had good punctuation. Sure. Yeah. And the the flowy penmanship. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So he's referring to this as as kind of direct to elbow grease, meaning moving my elbow with ink, like a, a writing. I'm writing. <laughs> Not like writing. He's writing. They're writing. Well, yeah, like your um, like your elbow is a pivot point mm-hmm. that is like a machine, and it needs to be greased. Is this right? I mean, that's kind of what he's referring to, it sounds like to me, yeah. All right. Uh, that's when we get introduced to it, and then 1672, like I said, by, by 1699, it, it has an idiom usage just meaning... Uh, sweat you know which implies hard work i guess 
Then by, by 1889, an author uses it in, in a book of Proverbs called The Salt Cellars. Uh, hmm. elbow, grace, well, elbow, grace. elbow grease makes the wealth increase, which, <laughs> of course, we know is not true. Because, you know, smart tax codes and strong unions and good social programs make the wealth increase. Ah, look at that. But uh, he's saying hard work beats out any get Rick. Rick. <laughs> <laughs> hard work beats out any other uh, get rich quick scheme. You know, that's kind of what he's. Oh. Thinking. Yeah. 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 Like you got, you just got to put the time and put the effort in. No, sure. No, no scheming here. Yeah. No scheming. Um, but apparently folks used this term or I guess this phrase as a practical joke to haze, like the new guy, if you will. They'd send out, send you out looking for uh, elbow grease to polish furniture or things like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you'd go out on the mission and come back empty-handed, and the people sure. along the way would probably razz you. Yeah, you get the they knew. they knew what you were doing. Right. Like we got sent out on uh, Boy Scouts. They'd send you out to look for, like, a left-handed smoke shifter, stuff like that. Yeah, my early film crews, they sent me for focus for spray. focus spray. <laughs> did say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so you got to go look for some elbow grease. Um, but yeah, this this phrase kind of pops up in other countries as well. Um, the French have a phrase, man, I'm, I'm sorry, oil de bras, ugh, which translates as elbow grease. I believe you. And there's a Danish, uh, nofdit. Uh, I'm sorry. No, that's a good one. Uh, which translates as knuckle fat, <laughs> <laughs> which I like. Uh, but yeah, elbow grease, it kind of started as a, well, it did. It started as a metaphor for writing, and it became a hard work. Knuckle fat. Knuckle fat, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to get my knuckle fat going. Yeah. So what do you have under our bodily influences? Well, uh, you're going to be surprised. Or maybe not. Okay. I probably already told you, so the surprise element's gone. Yeah. I have cold shoulder. The cold shoulder. Yes, the cold shoulder. Nice. Let me ask you, Ray, how do you use cold shoulder? I was trying to get someone's attention, perhaps, and they brushed me off, gave me the cold shoulder, or you were trying to engage someone, maybe? Yeah. I was trying to talk to somebody, and they weren't interested, maybe. Yeah. Gave me the cold shoulder. Like most of my dates. That's, so, that's not good. No. Um, just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so it, it, it's it's sort of a, a term that means it sort of snubbed you a little bit, or right? Weren't hospitable. Right. Yeah, you were trying to be warm, and they perhaps were cold. Yeah. To you. Right. With their shoulder. Right. So... So this one is kind of fun. It's slightly unsatisfying, uh, uh, but not really. Okay. It's, it's, that's where I use the word slightly in there. Slightly. Mm-hmm. Because there's, it's, there's a funny thing about this. There were plenty of people pointing to this one particular use as first use. However, I found an earlier yeah. use. Yeah, I've come across those before. And this earlier use really sort of makes you think. <laughs> makes you go, hmm. Before I I give you those uses, uh, you might remember in, in Sleep Tight idiom that I discovered that there was this story, right, about people would loosen the, the ropes under the mattress 
and their guests. a little at a time on a guest that they wanted to get rid sure, of, right? Sure, overstayed their welcome. And, I like that one a and lot. we learned how, like, people who gave tours of these homes and, and mansions and, and stuff like that used those stories because they're, they're, they're great Lore, and they're colorful yeah. and yeah. yeah. But it turned out that wasn't really it. No. And, and this one is similar. This has a similar one, but not really. Okay, but yeah. not really. But not really. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm gonna say I'm, gonna, I'm putting that out there. I'm just putting my neck out there. It's more body parts. Um, cold shoulder, allegedly, came about and exists today in that form that loosening the bed ropes does, in those scenarios of which I spoke. But uh, it was that an unwelcome house guest. That's the the hunk of meat they were given at dinner oh. was the cold shoulder and uh, and often I guess in uh, merry old England it was mutton uh, so you yeah. that's that's what you were served up which meant please leave time to go buddy yeah chew on this if you want to but see you later it's been fifteen minutes now here's here's the funny thing there are so many people that believe that that is just lore yeah and then those same people point to an 1816 original use of the phrase but i say nay nay you're not pointing to that original use i'm going to get you there but the original use that i found was earlier yet right from 1808 and i'm just going to read you a little bit of it but it was in the Chester Chronicles, Cheshire. Uh, this is July 1808, all right? And it, it's, it's really like this little exercise poem uh, play on uh, words for hots and colds and, and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And this is just a little piece of it. The restaurateur says he has hot work of his ice house. And the glass blower, just released from his furnace, complains of the sultry air out of doors. The rich miser looks coldly upon his poor friend, and the inhospitable landlord treats his uninvited visitor to the cold shoulder. So this, again, 1808, mm-hmm. someone having fun yeah. with this. But in this context, cold shoulder is very cleverly used in a way that could be literal, could be that mutton, and figurative, could be shunned, mm-hmm. uh, both. And in in the terms of of this this little poetic piece, it is deemed to be indeed meant to be both of those, uh, because that that is the way he's used all of these other colorful flips on hot and cold. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. yeah. yeah, and so I will now move you to the one everyone is a fan of. Okay, not that I'm not, but uh, 1816, Sir Walter Scott's novel, The Antiquary, and here he uses the phrase a couple of times in the book as if to, it's one of those things that we see sometimes someone establishing it, you know, mm-hmm. and even uh, claiming to coin it. Coin that phrase. I must tip him the cold shoulder, or he will be pestering me eternally, hmm. um, is one of the uses, mm-hmm. which is blatantly just the figurative use of, of uh, shunning. 
Yeah. You know, you want to duck this person. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you're stuck with that Snub. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, later in 1823, it's used again in, in a publication, also in a figurative sense, this, this snub. And it goes on from there um, to current day. Uh, but I can't help but to go back to that 1808. The commander said, don't worry, I don't have the authority to kill you today, which was positive for that day anyway. In 1993, Chris Moon was captured by the Khmer Rouge while clearing landmines in Cambodia. With survival probability low, Chris was brought in front of the boss. He was just given a local nickname, Mr. Clever. Hi, I'm Steve Windus, host of the Batting the Breeze podcast. I'd love you to check out how Chris survived, along with some other great human stories at battingthebreeze.com. Hopefully see you there. Use that clearly used a word, used it in, in the way that all his other words had double entendre, mm-hmm. and that this word falling into the system of the article would also have had yeah. a double meaning. Mm-hmm. So... While we have no, say, uh, 18th century, 17th century documentation of it being mutton, right? I got to put some money on the idea that it was used that way. It did come from somebody serving you a cold hunk of a mutton shoulder, and that it, it evolved somewhere there, late 18th century, yeah, perhaps. That's that is what I'm going with. Nice. That's my story. I'm sticking with. Got it. the literal cold shoulder. Yeah, and uh, what won't give you the cold shoulder are our ads. No. Allswell believes in the power of a good night's sleep for all. Their products feature innovative technology and unbelievable comfort and support without deflating your wallet. Combining the best of both worlds, the Allswell features hybrid mattress technology with memory foam and individually wrapped coils for a winning blend of comfort and support. Follow the link in the show notes for financing as low as 0%, a 100-night risk-free trial, free shipping and returns, and a 10-year limited warranty. Designed to make good sleep accessible to all. Real luxury, unreal prices. Allswellhome.com. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by Big Science Music. Big Science Music is a can and one show award-winning original music and sound boutique. Providing scoring, sound design, radio, podcast, and audio post-production services for the advertising, film, and video industries. Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at BigScienceMusic.com. That's BigScienceMusic.com. All right. Great We're ads. here with We're you. Yes. Back and back and back. So my uh, bodily <laughs> word... <laughs> It's a body word. Yeah, body word. Yeah. We're going with it. Uh, cake eaters. Uh-huh. Cake eater slash. Um, do you know this term? Have you used this term? Are you sure. familiar with this term? Okay. What do you? You know, it, 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 it kind of means wuss or uh, or something like that, yeah. you know, right? Right. The, the one use of it is that kind of like, uh, I mean, it's defined as dandy. That kind of uh, you yeah, but in another if, yeah, you know, if you won't pass the car, the truck, you're afraid to pass a truck. 
and I'm behind you, then then you're a cake eater. Like, pass the truck. It's not going to fall over on you. Nice. Yeah. There is uh, another usage as well, which that, yes. Uh, the other usage is uh, spoiled rich folk. Are you familiar with that? No. One as well. Okay, that's, yeah, that's interesting because I am familiar with the opposite. I'm familiar with the spoiled rich side of it and not necessarily the the you know this would be why Marie Antoinette's thing right carried so much weight she ate the cake right they didn't have any cake well have you seen the uh, 1992 hit movie the mighty ducks <laughs> no I've you never watched this movie. motion picture uh, no that's okay uh well Emilio Estevez gets pulled over I, you know what what I think this is more than the first time you've brought this movie it's up. A, it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a part of my movie. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's honestly a part of of who I am. It's okay. weird. Sorry. Those, no, I, I dig it. No, let's hear it. Um, so he gets pulled over, drunk driving. I believe he's a lawyer. Had a rough night. Gets out there. You know, it's not safe, guys. Don't do it. But uh, as punishment, he has to coach District Five hockey for community service. Uh, it's a ragtag bunch of of players that uh, get into all sorts of shenanigans. As as one would assume with a kids hockey movie. Have we done shenanigans? <sighs> okay, so no, go ahead. I don't think so. Uh, but anyway, the during the movie, one of the subplots is uh, I think I believe that this rich kid who's really good at hockey gets forced into the district because of what Emilio Estevez does. He's like, well, this guy's really good, and our team's not that great, so I'm going to redistrict us and get this kid who's really good into our district. But this kid has, you know, he comes from a, a, a upper-class neighborhood, and the kids, other kids from the District 5 team, call him a cake eater. And that's the first time I ever heard this term, was t- pre-teen Ray. I was 11 years old. And it didn't mean he was a weak, terrible player. No, it, it meant, meant he, he was, was a rich kid. A rich, and, and the Urban Dictionary defines this term as a saying from Edina, Minnesota that people are so rich that they can have their cake and eat it too. So, like, the Mighty Ducks actually, it was shot in Minnesota. It was supposed to be taken, taken place in Minnesota. So the, the kid's, like, using actual slang against the, this kid, this other kid from, from what we could assume was a Dinah, Minnesota. <laughs> I thought that was fascinating. Sure. Um, but that was the first time I ever heard the phrase in referred to, you know, a rich, spoiled kid that got, you know, got somewhere because of, you know, whatever. Yeah, but the I, hockey I definition. I obviously heard it. Right, you know, the, my older brother called me a cake eater, probably. So in that, as is, a, yeah, I did. You know, I was didn't do something right, or I was whatever right. scared to do something. That's that's the intended use, I guess. That's basically the how it came to be. The phrase, uh, this the, its first recorded use was from a man who coined lots of phrases. I think we've talked about them before. Um, Thomas Aloysius Dorgan, Tad Dorgan, I'm sure he's come up, American cartoonist. Um, but in a 1918 comic strip of his, he uses the term uh, cake eater. And the Flapper's Dictionary of 1922 defines it as a wearer of tight clothes, belted coat with spearmint lapels and one button, sausage trousers, low quick-fitting collar, Greenish pink shirt and one of those jazz bow ties. If you get what we mean, <laughs> I love that definition. Um, but another later usage: uh, an impunctious youth who spent most of his time at tea parties and other places where free food was an offer. 
but they're implying that same thing. It's a it's a slight against masculinity. Um, calling someone a cake eater is calling someone a dandy or you know kind of a wuss, like you said. Uh, and that's that's the literal like how it was meant to be used. So that definition is carried through, and it was an idiom that was you know defined and, and used as that. Go home. But I I had not heard this until I started researching. Like I said, my my only interaction was uh, was from Mighty Ducks. <laughs> In hockey, like you hear in, in around hockey, because you know Minnesota's a big hockey town, hockey state. Right, but wouldn't they use it in hockey in the way that I know it now? I think because of this. But the ducks, yeah, the Adina. I mean, the Mighty Ducks didn't coin this phrase, but they're saying in in Adina, Minnesota. I believe I'm saying that right, Adina. Hopefully. Uh, at first, I thought you meant like a diner. A diner. Yeah. In a diner in Minnesota. <laughs> I, that's what I took. I was like, wow. They tried to start <laughs> to like a, a single like diner. A little booth. You got coffee and a cake eater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, the, it's saying that this, yeah, the they're using the Marie Antoinette phrase against itself in that sense. Hmm. Yeah. And it's not. From the literal term of the of Tad Dorgan's use in his comic strip, to mean the foppish dandy, I'm gonna say it. I just said it. Right. All yeah. Right. So cake eater. Cake eater. Just like that. I've I've only known it to mean rich rich spoiled kids, but now I know it to mean dandy. Hmm. <laughs> I'm 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 pleasured by that. Yeah. So I wanted to take a second and say, hey, you know how we do. Yeah. If uh, people want to give us some ideas, thoughts, comments, suggestions, or relative criticisms, we do that via the Twitter and yeah. the Instagram with Whole Nine Yards Pod, where the nine is a number, Whole Nine Yards Pod, and Whole Nine Yards Podcast, where nine is a number, Whole Nine Yards Podcast on Facebook. Yep. Message us up. And to that end, yeah. uh, I thought I'd take a minute today and read a few reviews or some commentary by some people who have checked in with us nice. through uh, various forms. Some more listener thoughts. Mm-hmm. Great. And I have a Jennifer who says, uh, first off, she seems to be an ex-Pittsburgher or know about Pittsburgh things. Oh, nice. And, uh, and, and, and we hail from Pittsburgh, you know? Hail. Hail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she says, has Pittsburgh contributed more to culture than this podcast? <laughs> well, thank you, Jennifer. Thank you so much. I hope so. Short answer, maybe. We've got great jazz musicians. I know. <laughs> well, she points out the terrible towel, Andy Warhol. Oh, yeah. <laughs> French fries on a salad. I don't know. Do we really do that? We exported that to the world. Good. You're welcome. And... um but this pot is right up there with spuds and lettuce in holy unison. <laughs> so, wow, that is very... Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I got. Uh, I have one from uh, Mark. He's, he's concise. Nice. But we like it. Sure. The guys do a great job with their research, <laughs> and their easygoing rapport <laughs> makes it an enjoyable listen. Love the theme music. Oh, ah, look at that. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. And um, hmm, hmm, hmm. <laughs> I have uh, one from Sandy. Okay. So many times I've heard these phrases, and in some instances, have even researched them myself. But now I won't have to. <laughs> I hope we hope we get all the ones you yeah. were looking looking to look up. Same. 
uh, love the format of this and the conversation back and forth, the insight that Jay and Ray offer, and how they go off onto tangents wow. into other words and phrases. Wow. We do go off on tangents. Several tangents. She noticed. Yeah, it's hard not to. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. So those are a few reviews. Um, they are very nice ones, yeah, too, very right? Nice. Thank you. But we'll take, you know, we'll take criticism and et cetera, et cetera, or, you know, just thoughts. Maybe you want us to explore some word. Uh, hit us up. Yeah. And until then, we'll just be sitting here waiting for those. <laughs> I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. And we're, we're not, not idioms. idioms. Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at whole9yards.org or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing heyu at whole9yards.org. That's heyu at whole9yards.org. Whole Nine Yards theme music composed by Big Science Music. Thank you.